I'm Nancy. I'm Joseph. Welcome to the Teach My Teen About Money podcast. This is the podcast project where we invite money nerds to share their wisdom and experience with my son, Joseph, and me. I'm a freshman in college doing finance and accounting, and I'm here excited to learn. Let's get started. This has been a really great podcast project, Joseph. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. You and I talked about doing an episode where we just kind of wrapped up what we've done so far. We may have some other interviews in the works. We're kind of working on that, deciding our next steps. But for now, we just wanted to be able to reflect on the good things we've done so far. So yeah, let's get started. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I kind of think of this episode as a way to like summarize all the points that we have that are like concrete kind of things almost, which is like important, most important takeaways. So it's definitely yes, a good listen. Yep. Good. All right. All right. So I think our, our first one we've got on the list here is Rob Phelan. Yes. Um, and just like social capital mm-hmm. uh, and just some different concepts. If you want to talk about that. Yeah. So I just really enjoyed that, the concept of that. I mean, I sort of knew what it was, but just the way he described it, I thought was so good. And it really was like the golden rule in a way, you know, that, that when he, he talked about it, but I just loved that he talked about the idea of giving to other people. And, and there's this other concept when you're doing something for someone, whether it's a client or a class is to under promise and over and <laughs> over deliver, not un, I've put under deliver in the note, no, but that you try to seed expectations uh, to make people know that you are good at what you do. Do yeah. you practice that at all? Or can you think of ways you use social capital in your own right. life? Yeah, I think um, just going back to the golden rule for a second. I think sometimes when I'm like giving advice to people or like on people things, I feel like we can just forget about that sometimes, you know? And I think that applies to, at least like for me, I have to remind myself if I wouldn't tell, like, obviously I'm not married, but this is just like a rule I hear. If you wouldn't tell like your spouse or your family something, or you're like your best friend, don't tell it to yourself, you know? So it's like whatever, whatever that might be in, don't tell yourself something that you wouldn't tell someone that, someone that you love, you know? Yeah, so it's exactly. Like, and I think it's a really like important rule to like live by. And obviously it's not like financial at all. But I whatever. think that's important yeah. anyway that you, because yeah. we do sometimes have such negative self-talk. I don't think yeah. that's, I think that's so common for everybody. If you would not speak that way to your spouse or your child or somebody you love, why you shouldn't do it to yourself as it's a yeah. really good way to look at it. I think my favorite book of Rob so far is The Simple Startup, just because he goes over entrepreneurship, and which I love, and also for kids, because I think there's so many ways to to do it. And he kind of walks through all the steps with you. Definitely, something, definitely something I'm passionate about is um, just like getting this kind of like responsibility and then financial awareness to kids. Yes. And even if like, they don't start a business that like, sustains them throughout their whole life, just like the skills that they're learning there on how to like manage their own time, work on a project themselves and like be able to like ask other people for help. I think they're just like so important and so applicable yeah. to really any field that they'll go into, even if they're not like full-time entrepreneur, because that isn't necessarily for everyone, but I think there's still important things that can be learned. from. I agree you. that people can use yeah. in any, in any walk of life. So right. exactly. yeah. good. And then M is for money. It was such a cute book with a, mm-hmm. um, yeah. for little kids. So it's too bad. We didn't have that when you guys, when you kids were little, because <laughs> yeah. I, we love yeah. books. <laughs> next generation now. That's right. That's right. We'll hang on to it. Um, okay. So the next episode is DIY All the Things with Mindy Jensen, who I think I said it in the episode, how I'm just a Mindy Jensen fan because I really think she's great. We're not that that similar, but I feel like we would be friends if we lived in the same area. But everything when she thought that was really important. It's not that I disagree with that. I just think you have to be strategic about what makes sense to DIY or not based on your 
level of interest or your um, skill set, not just skill set, because a lot of people can say, I mean, I didn't grow up doing painting rooms, which is one of the DIYs that I do do, but you can, you learn it over time and you get better. You maybe aren't good at first, but gradually you learn the skills and, and then you can do it. I really liked the points that you had about house hacking. And then I was talking to my sister about this. Um, I couldn't find the exact statistic, but it was like something like crazy, like 70% of wealth from like movies in America is from their house because you have a couple like get by the house and obviously incredible performance of the real estate market, you know, yeah. uh, obviously it might not be an asset that's usable, you know, it's obviously an illiquid fund, but still just a very important way to build generational wealth is not only like purchasing a house, but then also different tips. And for those more invest interested in real estate investing, which I myself definitely am, but yeah, I really like those, those ideas. House hacking, I love that idea as well. What do you think about her idea of what she and her family do, which is this, they call it the live-in flip, where they buy a house that isn't durable, but it maybe needs a lot of work and they work on it as they live there. And then they add value to the house. And then as the market has gone up, especially for them in Colorado, they've been able to turn that around and then buy the next house, which is even yeah. better. Do you, does that appeal to you? So from like a purely statistical standpoint, I love the idea because just like you're, you're buying a house that like initially doesn't have like an insane amount of value, probably mm -hmm. you're adding a bunch to it. Um, while obviously, and then if it's two out of the past five years, I think you don't, you don't have to, to pay uh, taxes on the profits from it. it. Yeah. So I am definitely interested in exploring it more. In fact, I thought I should start a podcast, like teach me about real estate or something, <laughs> but I don't know if that would work. Anyway, we should keep going. So what's our next one? We have... Rachel Murphy's episode, the most uh, thing we want to talk about was giving kids salaries. Yes. So her book, it was very charming. I really enjoyed her talking with her and the book was really well written. She had a good style and the whole idea of a salary. So I don't know if it would really work in our family, but, but I wonder what's a way we could take those ideas and incorporate them into our family. What, what thoughts do you have? I don't know. I'm not really sure for our family specifically, but I do think it's a really valuable concept for younger families i think do you wish okay let me just let me ask another question do you yeah. wish we had done something like that from when you were a really little age that we we let you buy all your clothes all your maybe something similar you know uh, i think it's it's kind of hard to say but i definitely like that the genre of ideas of just giving kids more responsibility yes in whatever way that's applied i think there's definitely how how the family dynamics work yes then what different ways of doing things that work for the parents and then kids respectively is I think there's definitely a lot of flexibility in what works for each family. And then obviously respectively to where, you know, in life, the family's at yeah. um, well, and and children. When you talked about giving kids responsibility, it just made me think of that show <laughs> that we watched last night on Netflix that, that we found that was, what is it called again? Like, can Old they do it? Old enough question or exclamation point. Yeah. And it was Japanese. It was in Japanese, but subtitled and we'll put it in the show notes, but they, it was like little 10 minute episodes where they would have a two-year-old walk half mile to the grocery store and buy things. Sure. And there was like a narrator the whole time giving this kind of goofy background information. And it was kind of horrifying in a way, because you see this little two-year-old kid like holding up a flag so they can cross this, this really street. Oh man. Anyway, we gave you a decent amount of responsibility. You could go to the library at a pretty young age, walk up the street when we lived in, in a yeah, small yeah. town. But I do think that's important. That whole free range kids idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The next episode was, do you know your money personality with Taylor Kovar? And I really liked 
the fact that he talked about starting his own business was one of his best money moves that he really did jump into it. And, and I love that idea. And also the money personalities. I love those kind of things. Quizzes. Did you, did you ever take it? I, I took that uh, quiz with my um, girlfriend separately and I got a uh, saver security. So pretty conservative. Yep. And then my girlfriend got saver flyer. Oh. Um, Okay, and and no, one, no one in the family got flyer. No, flyer is no. like, like flying by the seat of your pants sometimes, you know, just like going oh, with whatever happened. Interesting. Kind of yeah. 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 Oh, so good. That, and then she, she thought it was uh, just like the way it described her personality at the end. She found very accurate as well. Good. Mm-hmm. So it was a well-designed uh, personality yeah. quiz. Excellent. Okay. What about right. the next episode? Why don't you, you tee that up? Yeah. So um, that one was... Uh, with Claudia Valladares, and um, she talked uh, to us uh, about having mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of my big takeaways. And then uh, uh, something else I want to talk about with this is uh, just like different uh, financial industries. And yes. then um, uh, like, yeah. yeah. She had worked as a banker and then she went into financial planning. And that was really interesting for you. I, I feel like we talked even off camera or off tape about yeah. that about what she had done and how she had gotten through that because that's a journey you'd like to take too or to figure out what kind of financial area you want to be in. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely really interesting. I'm the treasurer for my the finance club at my university. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and you've had a lot of different speakers come in from around the area um, uh-huh. that are similar alum, but um, others are just you know people in the area that come, want to come in to talk to us. Yeah. We've had like recruiters and stuff like that. But I really have been enjoying learning about different like, industries yes. uh, within all of finance, you know, obviously banking, financial services, mm-hmm. planning, whether it be planning or like wealth management. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had somebody from a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about flat rate fees and those coming yes, in. For, or assets under management or mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. What, what appeals to you on the people that have come in so far? Is there one career, like if you had to choose right now, you know, to do, what would you, what would you choose? And why? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know right now. It's okay. tough. I think, I think I would say for a company, whatever, like semi-large company, okay. something, that, something that's not financial necessarily, I might do work up from like accounting and finance to like a upper position in that. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like to like, be the vice something. president or something. And right. That area. right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just because... I don't know, because I, I, I can see myself in pretty much anything mm-hmm. that like I've looked into. Yeah. Financial services. I, I think financial services is probably not one of my favorites just because um, I don't think I'm quite the right personality. I don't think I'm quite enough of, of an extrovert. Okay. I think there's, or you there's mean financial position. planner type of thing or something? Yeah. Or yeah. Like- I think there's, there's some services that I could do within that. Like I, I could probably be better analytics of that versus because like the person that we talked to, she was like on a three person team and she was like hunter. Going to find clients. To to get new clients, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then they had different positions on the team that were like, they would choose and then have those. Hmm. Um, So I do think I like some, some of that could work. Obviously banking. I think. That's why your internships, I think getting those during college. I mean, you're only a freshman, but so you've got plenty of time for that, but having even uh, for sure, summer internships, but any even during the school year, informal yeah. internships could be great just to help you learn about a lot of different areas. Right. And then I was also 
originally I was going to do three years with just finance as a major, but then with accounting and finance, then I'll do the normal four years, but I'll also have that other summer between junior and senior year, which is a really important time because uh, it's annoying because like as a freshman, as a first year, people don't want to, most, most firms don't want to have an internship with just a freshman. Most are focused on, you know, sophomore, junior, uh, after, after, after those years. But definitely every recruiter I've talked to has been confident uh, for, for, for future summers. Good. Okay. Um, oh, that's but, good. So, and you're making the connection. So that's yeah. amazing. That's great for you. Now, and then finally, let's talk about the most recent episode, which is Paying for College with Jack Wang. And this was really one of my favorite ones. Really, they're all my favorites. But that one, because it was our first interview, do you remember that and how we were a little awkward and nervous, but Jack was very talkative and we had such a great time with him. So I really appreciate him. And it turned out pretty well, you know, that's the other thing. Like it wasn't, uh, you know, all bad. (laughs) It was pretty good because of all the good things he had to say. Um, And of course we've already hashed over the idea of should you pay cash for a car or not? (laughs) Um, But what did you think about the idea of being, well, here, that's a career idea about being a college financing strategist, helping pe- parents or families figure out a way to pay for college. Yeah. I think it's a really valuable field for a lot of things. And not a lot of the tips that he gave um, just kind of, I guess, opened my eyes to how, how much information there might be about something that like we don't even know until like talking to someone, you know, within it. One of my favorite things I think that he said was, I don't know what the exact percentage was, but I think it might've been like 80 to 20. Um, that like 80% of students apply to like 20% of the schools. Oh yeah. I think it was even smaller. The IVs, yes. right? Like 10%. Yeah. Right. 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 And then um, the other, um, but then obviously they, they only take like 1% or whatever. So that, that sense of negotiating with that mm-hmm. is yep. viable definitely before you get into like college. Right. And having a good package to, to kind of compare. And we did have a spreadsheet when you yeah. were looking at colleges and figuring out the, the ideas it is helpful to consider that we've done that with all the kids. So, um, okay. So I wanted to talk about the, the book that was most commonly recommended by our guests yeah, um, yeah. because I had read it a long time ago, but I reread it actually after we did all the interviews because I thought, Oh, I need to, to revisit it. And it's uh, the richest man in Babylon. And so I liked it again. It was very dated, the the old timey language, but still there are so many good messages. Like Rob Phelan teaches it in a high school uh, course, personal finance course. I think that's brilliant. Um, Have you had a chance to read it yet? It's it's okay. Be honest. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) You need to just. Every time we talk about it. I know. You know, it's so easy and it's very quick to read because it's know, a story. Know. You know what I mean? Like there's all these books in parables that talk about things like even Rich Dad, Poor Dad, even though it's allegedly a true story, it's really not. It really is giving you lessons for finances in, in a story form. Um, and then there are books like The Latte Factor by David Bach. We'll put some of the, those in the show notes, the Juliet School of Possibilities, Chris Gillibo just wrote one. What was that called? Anyway, we'll put those in the show notes. And I feel like those are such an easy way to soak up information. And we, you know, we read so many, so much fiction when we, when you kids were little, you, I don't know, yeah. you, you still enjoy that. So having that, those kind of books is a really good way to learn stuff. So I'm going to encourage you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think you'll really like it. So, okay. So what was your favorite part about doing the podcast? I would say being able to talk to these people and get different perspectives. 
mm-hmm. on different, obviously, I mean, we didn't talk about the exact same thing in, in every mm-hmm. um, interview, but definitely some commonalities came up and just different, different people's way of looking at it. And then obviously keeping into account our own perspectives of things yes. um, and just then different dynamics, whether that be, you know, like in the family, financial decision-making or just like, you know, different mm-hmm. options um, that we can, you can just keep in your heads when you're making a decision. And also I, I think one of my favorite parts and you're kind of referencing this is the idea that there's a lot of healthy and good ways to manage your money or deal with money, right? There's real estate as an option. There's financial services. There's starting your own business. There's so many ways to do well and be knowledgeable about money and everybody doesn't have the same path and yet they can still we did all end up talking to people who had very good information. They had a lot of different perspectives. We don't wouldn't didn't want somebody scammy on talking about the latest cryptocurrency to buy. And so my favorite part of the podcast, though, of doing this podcast, first of all, was getting to spend some time with you, which is fun, but also is learning all the things about podcasting because I have listened to podcasts since you were a little little kid. <laughs> I have always wanted- you have too apparently. <laughs> Well, I would just wanting to do one for so long. I know you don't listen to podcasts as much, but I'm so glad I jumped in because it, it, there is a learning curve for sure. And I took a lot of time getting involved with it, but just being able to now know how to do it. Now I have lots of other ideas for, for podcast projects or podcasts. And um, I definitely am going to keep, keep doing this. So that's a lot of fun. I I have been listening to uh, some of Mindy's um, and just like all the bigger pockets. Yeah. did you really see the new one they have? The new podcast? I mean, we need to, I know yeah, we, yeah. we should be wrapping things up here, but yeah. um, there's a new one called On the Market and by Bigger Pockets. And it's uh, Bigger Pockets, Dave Meyer and his expert panel do it for you. Learn how to invest smarter in today's economic environment. But I loved it. I have the couple episodes. I've, they've only had three episodes so far, and I've listened to two of them. Yeah. So it's just worth, I think it's worthwhile gathering the information. That's one thing on Mindy's podcast they talk about is you really have to put in like 200 hours before you're really in a good place to be able to think of investing in real estate and reading books, listening to podcasts, that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in real estate for sure. What, what podcast do you like best from bigger pockets? Um, I like, I have the other one I have, which I was just listening to an episode that was very detailed about law, the law and, and, and it's just called bigger pockets. I think, yeah. Bigger pockets, real estate. Was it how to layer legal protection? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I have that. I have that one too. Yeah. That made me, it made me nervous about investing in real estate, frankly, <laughs> but it was a very good episode. And they do have lots of other ones like that where they, they go into a lot of things. What did you think about that? Did you want to be a real estate lawyer? <laughs> I'm listening to that. No, that's okay. For sure not. Yep. Okay. I'll leave so, it. And uh, biggest challenge, any biggest challenge of it? Or um, I know we had some problems with just like scheduling things and then just like getting into the flow of mm-hmm. um, podcasting and getting getting some things out. But overall... Yeah. I think for me, the the hardest thing was actually reaching out to ask people to be on it because you always feel it's like getting over that, just putting yourself out there. So, but I am really glad that we did put ourselves out there and that you were part of this because this was a lot of fun to do. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, until next time, we'll say bye and you can visit 
the show notes for this episode and all the episodes at yourmoneymom.com slash podcast. Any final words, Joe? I just really love um, talking about um, being able to give financial resources and then information and responsibility to younger generations just because of just some uh, small amount of effort over a long time can reap uh, great benefits and take action on it. Yeah, good, good. Well, thanks for listening, everybody.